This is Advantage to Insight. My name's Wayne. Welcome to the show, everyone. Um, today, Alex couldn't make it. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm not going to uh, go into it too much, and uh, Alex can talk about it on our next show. However, we really want to take this opportunity to do uh, something a little different than we, we normally do, and I do have a special guest on the show to help me with that. So let me let me just introduce our, our guest. Uh, fans of the show should uh, actually recognize this person Um <laughs> So let me introduce Chris Nizak. Chris, thanks for coming uh, on the show. Do I need an introduction? Like, can I just come hang out? Like, that's allowed, right? Like, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like everybody, everybody special needs to come on the show and have this, this long-winded introduction from me while I kind of like, like, you know, talk and talk and talk for like ten minutes, and everybody's like, "Come on, get the show started." Just, just get to it. Just yeah, get, just to, get it. to it. So yeah, it's it's me. It's Chris. It's the architect of Misdirected Mark Productions. Hi everybody. I hope you're all having a wonderful evening or day or morning or whenever you're listening to this. Absolutely. And uh, the reason why I asked Chris on the show today is because, like I said, we're going to go a little off book today, and what we're going to talk about. Our topic is what are the friends of Misdirected Mark Productions doing in the realm of D and D, and uh, if anybody's listened to the show or listened to Down with D and D or just being part of the community, they know that we, very honestly, we have some really great friends uh, all around the world uh, who maybe produce um, or, you know, write D&D content. And what I really want to do is just give an opportunity for some of these voices to kind of be promoted, spoken up to. And what we're going to do is we're just going to break it down into a a couple different um, large categories of people who are doing stuff. Um, we have a lot of content, so we may not get through it all of it today. And if we don't, we're going to have a part two. So we're going to see what happens. Hmm. Um, and Chris is going to help me with this because um, Chris is actually very, very intimately familiar with a lot of um, the projects that are coming up. And what I want to do is I want to start, um, Chris, if you, if you, I believe, let's start with that. It, there's that company, I think some people have heard of it, called Encoded Designs. That, that might be a company that I am a part owner of, yes. Yes, yes, I believe so. We and, make games and nerd-related things. <laughs> and Encoda's got actually quite a few projects, I think D&D related this year, but the one that just came out recently was The Book of the Tarask. And this actually something really excited me because I saw this, um, the, the scenario in action when I was at QCC. I also saw the cage for the Tarask. So, Chris, why don't you take it away? Let, tell us a little bit about this book. How did it come about? And, you know, what's interesting about it? So, John Arcadian is our art director and also a writer and game designer. He's one of the six members of Encoded Designs. And he has been running Tarask games, either as one-shots or as part of his campaign for, the, like, the last three years. So, he's probably run the Tarask at different points over 30 times. This book is his take and his advice on how to use the Trask in your game. Uh, there's a lot of stuff in it, though. So let's let's just talk about what's in the book. So there's advice. So there's a fully fleshed out section guided by his experiences. There's new 5th edition rules that restore elements from previous editions, like Regeneration and the Trample Attack, and add some new stuff, like a uh, lightning bolt that dispels magic also that he can breathe so he's more like godzilla it's terrifying (laughs) i think phil's question was just like who are you and why are you so mean to people that's what he said to arcadian (laughs) yeah he also took on the time to look at 
multiple different kinds of tactics that people bring to the table, such as the, we raise a zombie, put a potion of growth, uh, let the Tarrasque swallow it, and then have the zombie bite down so it explodes out of the chest. It's called the chest burster. Also, what happens to the Tarrasque when you put a uh, bag of holding inside of a, a portable hole or the other way around? You know, whichever one that causes the explosion. Stuff like that. Uh, then there is a very detailed history in the back of it. So it's probably the most complete history anywhere of the Tarrasque mythology, D&D history, or any other game system that you could uh, find. Even Shannon Applecline, the guy who wrote Designers and, and Dragons, he said, this is a really thorough and complete history. So that's a good quote. Like, you can see that. Also, Ed Greenwood wrote the foreword and shared his insight on the Trask. So there's that, too. Uh, if you purchase the product and drive through, you also get a resource packet and that has a bunch of handouts, uh, recompiled stat sheets, paper miniature that you can print out that is sized to be for the, the table, like for, if you're playing grid style, it also has some advice in there on how to build that stuff. Uh, there's game logs, so you can actually like log your rounds and things like that if you're into that kind of thing. And, uh, there's large scale formatted maps. So if you want to print them out or use them on like roll 20 or whatnot, those things exist also. We, we spared no... Uh, amount of time to make this thing awesome. John did a wonderful job. I've I've flipped through this and it's actually really really quite impressive. I, I <clears throat> the the artwork on the cover. I, I remember when I saw the preview of it. That's awesome. Actually, one of the things that most impressed me and something so simple is when you open the book, the background, the watermark pages, and the the scroll work around the pages. That's that was the first thing that caught me. It was like that is absolutely brilliant. Um, that nice little touch just as a, I, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't add to the game specifically, but it adds to the value of that product. Like very, very oh. honestly, that was the first thing I noticed. Come on. We all love pretty things, right? <laughs> like, why do you think Piazzo and Watsi spend so much money on art? Cause we like pretty stuff. Mm-hmm. Luck- luckily, John's very visual and John's very gifted as a graphic designer. Also, he did all the layout. He did a lot of that stuff. Uh, the, the cover was by Matt Morrow. He's our in- in-house artist. And a lot of the interior pieces are either stock art pieces we picked up or uh, stuff that John compiled. Like the the maps are things that he made himself, and they're they're also really nice. He took he took a lot of time. I actually watched him make one of them once, and uh, he he spent a lot of time and effort and and patience getting the thing just the way that he wanted. Uh, there's also an adventure in the book too, so it's not just a supplement for running the Tarrasque. It's also got an adventure that features the Tarrasque. Uh, it's for characters that in, in the level range of like 15 to 20, because once you get up in that level range, uh, you're kind of crazy. So it's kind of hard to plan around that. But I wrote this. I genericized it as much as I can so you can drop it into any campaign setting and use it in any way, shape, or form. Like a lot of the the way that we did that is that there are things in the text that are bolded, like names and titles and whatnot. And they're kind of generic names and titles, but those things are meant to be replaced by you for your specific campaign. So it fits pretty much anywhere. Very cool. Very cool. Um, yeah. So that is actually available on drive through. Is that correct? It is currently available right now. In fact, we are working on putting together a print version of it too, for you can print on demand it from drive through. So that'll be an option also, because a bunch of people ask for print books. I would uh, suggest going there and checking it out. And also if you like comedy and humor and you're on Twitter, Go follow Joe the Trask. He is a Trask who woke up recently and he works in construction and he's just kind of a normal guy or Trask. <laughs> Very nice. Um, yeah. So if you're interested, go pick that up from, from drive through. Um, definitely, definitely worth a, a look at. Um, I know in code, it has a lot Wait, of Wayne, stuff. Do you know what I love? Hmm? 
You know what I love? I love selfless promotion, selfless, <laughs> shameless promotion. It's so much fun. It's actually not folks at home. It's really hard to do that. Like I'm really bad at it, but I'm getting over my, uh, myself. And apparently that's called Ferenging it. Put on your Ferengi hat. So there you go for you Star Trek fans. Very nice. Um, there, Encoded's coming with a lot of stuff. We're going to talk more about Encoded stuff, um, during, uh, throughout the year. Um, you might hear a couple more of these, these episodes as, as cool stuff comes out. There's definitely a lot on the plate for you guys. But the next thing I want to do is I'm going to move on to Baldwin Games. Now, uh, you know, as if anybody kind of listens to some of the shows, uh, you guys know that, uh, both Sean and Chris are involved with Baldwin Games. And Baldwin has their kind of, um, home, I guess it would be called the, their their home convention, their their own convention, uh, which is Winter Fantasy, which is just passed um, as of this recording, or as as you guys are listening to this. Um, but I, I'm guessing there's a lot of stuff that just recently happened in Winter Fantasy, and I think Chris, you can give us a little bit more insight on on what's going on and some of the the new things that have just uh, kind of popped up. Oh yeah, absolutely. So a uh, a couple things is that all six admins for the Adventures League were there. Like the Baldwin got all of them there and they all ran their author only adventures. So that was a really cool thing. So if you want to experience things like that in the future, I would highly suggest checking out wherever Baldwin goes to do shows. Like they're going to be at Origins. They'll be at Gen Con. I think they're going to be at one or more. They might be at PAX Unplugged. That's not confirmed or anything like that. That's I'm, I'm actually not in that part of it. I'm just the marketing guy. So I don't know for sure. So this is all just rumor and speculation. Uh, that that part is anyway, because PAX Unplugged is a convention that's happening in Philadelphia. It's a pretty cool idea, actually. Uh, PAX is just going to do a non-video game convention for tabletop games. Uh, they had some really cool guests. They had uh, Rob Schwab, from uh, who does Shadow of the Demon Lord. They uh, they had uh, Mike Merles was there and doing some talks and whatnot. Uh, that was a, a pretty cool thing that happened. So uh, for those who don't know, Derek Guter, he runs a lot of the the behind the scenes stuff for Gen Con. Like he's really important on that. He organizes a lot of the events and coordinates a lot of things. Like he's he's pretty pivotal to that thing. But he was at Winter Fantasy and he was running this game called Dust City Outlaws, which I'll talk about later. But that's by Rodney Thompson. And for those of you who are D&D fans, you'll know that name because he worked on 5th edition D&D. He also was one of the primary designers on uh, Star Wars Saga. And he also helped design Lords of Waterdeep. Uh, so he, th- he was running, that game is kickstarting now. We'll talk about it a little bit later. Anyways, they also elected a chancellor of Flan. So Flan was ripped up by the, by the green dragon. What's that green dragon's name? I always can't, I can never say it. Vorgan, Vornathox. Yeah. Vorgan Thank you. Vorgan See, you, you can pronounce it way better than I can. <laughs> uh, so in the, in the effort to rebuild Flan, Baldman did this really cool thing where they had one, they elected one of the NPCs to be uh, in charge of Flan. They also elected a player character to be the new chancellor of Flan. So it looks like a character named Calypso was elected the new chancellor of Flan. So that's kind of a neat thing. Baldman's wanted to do something like that for a very long time. And they got to do it this year. It was pretty sweet. Uh, they also did this thing where they they had their Herald's Guild meeting, because if the if you folks don't know, I'm not sure if it's a Herald's Guild meeting or a DM's Guild meeting, or some sort of meeting where the game masters that and dungeon masters that help with all the Bowman Games events, they get together. They gave out some new shirts for them. They also handed out like Lifetime Achievement Awards and DM of the Year Awards with like trophies and things like that. It was really cool. I, I have a lot of pictures. You'll see them on the Bowman Games website as I compile them. Nice. Very nice. Uh, yeah, it was a, it was a good show. Uh, former host... 
of Misdirected Mark podcast, Mark Napick, he actually got to give a uh, seminar. So oh. on how to use the DMs Guild and drive through, oh. I believe. Very nice. Uh, we'll get to something about Mark a little later on when we're talking about conventions, uh, more conventions. <laughs> um, yeah. And, I guess, and that's just a little, a little of the stuff that happened yeah. at, at Winter Fantasy. Like, of course, there was a ton of AL stuff. There was also Maze Arcana Live. That is Satine Phoenix and Rudy Ruderberg, uh, doing Eberron. They play Eberron. They live stream it. They were there. They play with Chris Lindsay. Chris Lindsay was also there. So that, that kind of stuff all happened at, at Winter Fantasy too. So, I mean, there's like, there's a ton, like Baldwin does a ton of D&D stuff. If, if, every, if, if nobody kind of knows, just give you a little background. I mean, they run, Obviously, Winter Fantasy, but they also run all the D and D AL, all the D and D events um, for Origins and Gen Con. Um, they're they're involved in Dragon Con, um, like all the these things. So it's a really big name in, in D and D organized play. Um, and uh, like we'll, we'll talk a little bit about D and I guess some of the D and D Adventures League, but um, Baldwin also puts out you know for anybody who knows a little bit about the convention created content. Baldwin Games were the first ones to put out um, a bunch of uh, Adventures League approved material that wasn't actually written by Adventures League. Um, so, Chris, you wrote um, you wrote an adventure, I believe. Did two you now, two now. Okay, um, I can't remember which one. was yours. Cog in the we- Cog in the wheel. I, I can never mine, remember which title. Mine was yeah. Mine was a hole in the world. It was Core One Dash Three. Yeah, and. You know, another friend, uh, another friend of mine, uh, Derek Myers. He he actually wrote another one of the course, like not the same core series as you, the other core series. <laughs> yeah, the second, the the core core two dash one or two dash two. I think he wrote. Yeah. I can't remember. I laid them. I've laid out all of those. So I mean, you know. So if the layout's terrible, you can blame me, folks. It's fine. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting better. My uh, my Elmwood layouts are much better than my previous layouts. Just saying. Also, the mistakes, that's all my fault, too. Like, I just i just screw that stuff up. I've been trying to fix them. So hopefully, if you've found problems with them and there have been some problems found, they're going to get updated and, and they should be on the DMs Guild with their fixed things. So if you're one of those people that's listening that got your way too much experience points for playing one of those things, that experience is incorrect and you don't get that much. Just saying. <laughs> so if anybody has any complaints, you can email Chris. <laughs> At misdirectedmark.com. That's fine. I'm, I'm, I can take it. Just hit me. I deserve it. Um, Do not hit but, me. Uh, I am not a Nazi. Just saying. So of course, some of the stuff coming up for them for, for Adventures League is obviously the Elmwood series. So this, I believe this one came out really quietly. Um, I, I believe these are ones from Dragon Con uh, last year. And Elmwood 1-1 is out, but... It, it didn't make any splashes. That I, I don't remember an announcement or anything like that. Not like the rest of the core series and everything else that came out. I, I don't know if you've been watching the Baldwin Games website and the Baldwin Games Twitter and the Baldwin Games uh, group and the Baldwin Games Facebook. It was all over the place. So if you're interested in following when things come out from Baldwin Games, you can follow them on Twitter at Baldwin Games. You can follow them on Facebook, the Baldwin Games page. Uh, or on G plus, there's a group, there's a community there too. Like that's where all that information comes out or the website. Like we post that, we post there weekly now. Sounds good. Um, just we'll flow through into D and D adventures league. Actually, Chris and I, um, we've, we've alluded this to, to this before. We actually are writing uh, a series of, um, convention content, uh, for this fall. I don't want to reveal anything now because, 
uh, Chris and I came out with some really kind of cool ideas. And even if this doesn't get published as a CCC, we're going to try to put this out at some point. Um, but this will be for Fan Expo. for So those who are uh, in the kind of northwest area of the states or around the Toronto area, um, Ontario area for Canada, um, there's a convention obviously in September. And we're going to try to be putting these, these out. There's going to be actually three of them. And uh, there's some pretty novel ideas in there. Like, I'm, I'm not tooting my own horn here. It's like, we literally were like, hey, this kind of works. It'll be a very, very uh, interesting way. So we're hoping those get uh, approved uh, after Winter Fantasy is over and we can kind of get the admins back back and, and paying attention to us again. <laughs> I'm only going to say uh, two, two, three words. All right. Mind Flare Heist. That's all. There you go. That's all. I'm <laughs> I'm done. And if it doesn't get approved, we're going to release a quarter four through Encoded Designs. Yeah, just saying. Basically. It's such a good idea, so it has to be done. Yeah. I, I it, That was just something interesting. Um, another, uh, I guess, friend of the show is uh, Wolfgang Bauer. Now, D- down D&D had Wolfgang on a couple shows ago. I'm, I'm, I'm losing track because I'm, I'm a little behind on my podcasts. But you guys had Wolfgang on talking a little bit about the stuff he's doing with Cobalt Press. Um, people who don't know Wolfgang, he's, uh, he's the head of Cobalt Press. He's been on... He's worked on D&D for a long time. He has his own company. Um, if you listen to podcasts, he's on Dragon Talk like three times now. Um, but you guys got to talk with him uh, a little bit. And he does have a Kickstarter out right now. So, Chris, why don't you tell us a little more about that Kickstarter? A $111,000 Kickstarter currently. Just throwing that out there as of this recording. So this is Midgard, the Midgard campaign setting, Dark Roads and Deep Magic. So this is them updating it. It's, it's already existed for Pathfinder. This is now for 5th edition because a lot of people have been clamoring for it. So uh, Midgard is a dark fantasy role-playing game inspired by the myths and folklore of Eastern and Central Europe. But they always try to give those myths and legends some sort of twist to make them new or at least a little bit novel. So here are just some of the ideas that they use from the setting. Unless you have a question for me, Wayne. Well, I, I'm actually not familiar with... I'm familiar with Cobalt Press, but I'm actually not familiar with Midgard. I mean... Can you give us give us a little bit of a rundown? What's you know other than so, the, the Cobalt Press name, which yeah. should tell you something good, but tell me about the the setting. Like what? Why would someone? Why would someone playing D anD D want to back this? Uh, okay, if you've never heard of Zobek, I mean Zobek is if if you're at least in those realms, you've probably heard of Zobek. It's the free city. It's the city at the center of the world. That's where the the Cobalt Warrens are. It's also the crossroads of the world. But the Cobalt Warrens are this place that's like kind of walled off where Cobalt's mine and whatnot. And it's a very strange place. It's very dangerous. But the people let the Cobalts live there because they mine and they you know provide materials. So that's the first cool thing. Uh, other cool things. There's some Norse mythology going on. They, they, there's mentions of the Bifrost, Ragnarok, the World Serpent, and Giants. I love the Fae. The Fae are my favorite, man. Like, I just like fairies. And this setting has them. So they change the idea of Mab, the Queen of Air and Darkness, to the Queen of the Night. And they use the Shadow Realms as, like, their primary uh, Fae antagonists in a lot of ways. So that that's a thing. They, they deal with shadow magic and, and such. Uh so there's a place called the Wastes. If you're like Lovecraft, that's where the walkers in the Waste roam. That's totally a Cthulian reference. It's pretty great. Uh, so out there, that's where these these walkers, they kind of wander around and it's, it's a wasteland because of them. And there's also cultists that kind of follow them around and, and worship them. So that's a thing for you. Uh, Baba Yaga is present in the setting. 
There is a vampire and a ghoul empire, and they are currently on the march and taking over places now. So they're like an invading Nazi-ish type force. So if you want to punch Nazis in the face, they just get to be undead Nazis in this case. <laughs> Good combination. And uh, yeah, and as I mentioned before, they, like this this setting book, if you've played in the Midgard setting before, advances the timeline five years. So things that had happened or were like seeds in the previous setting have come to fruition in this current setting. Uh, and if you back it, this is what there's, there's like three books that come along with it. It's now that it's gotten so huge there, the third book is, uh, probably the thing that I am most interested in. So there's the first book, which is the revised Midgard campaign setting. It's like a 300 page book that is mostly system neutral with, a with an appendix with some rules type material inside of it. I mean, it's got locations, rulers, heraldry, plots, adventure hooks. You pick it. Uh, Wolfgang likes gods. So there's like multiple pantheons and dark gods and hidden gods. And, you know, pick a god, throw, throw a stone. You'll hit a god if you want to <laughs> use it. Yeah. Then, of course, there's going to be a, uh, a, a Midgard Heroes handbook. So it's like a player's handbook for Midgard. So it's got all that racial stuff and class stuff and feet stuff and, you know, equipment, extra magic stuff. So if you're into magic, Cobalt does this thing called Deep Magic. And that is a really cool series of articles that they've put out for different kinds of magical uh, traditions. And all of that stuff that they've been putting out is going to be collected into this book too. Oh, very nice. Yeah. I think Merwin is working on one of them. I don't think it's been announced yet though, so I can't say what it is. Okay. So there you go. A little <laughs> hint. They might, it might have something to do with scaly creatures. That's all I'm saying. Uh, and then the last book is the book that I am fascinated by because I like adventures. It's called the Eldritch Book Layers book. So it's a series of short fifth edition adventures that take place in uh, the Midgard setting. And I think that's pretty sweet. I love adventures. Very nice. I, I When I looked at this, I, I, was, I got, I'll be very honest, I got confused for a second. I'm like, well, um, just remember, if you're looking only for the fifth edition stuff, only get the fifth edition stuff. If you're looking for the Pathfinder stuff, get the Pathfinder stuff. Read through it more carefully because I, I was just about to back it. I'm like, wait, which level am I supposed to be backing it? And I realized, oh, wait, I want the fifth edition stuff. And I didn't realize that they're, the, they're named differently. So I was like, they, they are. What's, what am I supposed to be backing? <laughs> but, um, yeah, it looks really, it looks really interesting. I mean, you know, it, it's, it's Cobalt Press. So you got some, some good stuff. You know, there's going to be Cobalts in there. And, um, if you like Cobalts, which I know a lot of people do, eh, something, something for you to access. Um, uh, but I, that is, uh, I will, I will argue that Cobalt Press is the best third party publisher of D and D material that exists. So you get super high quality. Like the, the quality is ridiculous. If you've seen the book of, uh, the Tome of Beasts, it's going to look like that, but a setting. So there you go. Yeah. That's that, the best I could say. Yeah. That's a very, very highly, um, uh, reviewed book. Like that was, that was really well done. Um, what do you see. want to talk about now, Wayne? Well, let's go into – why don't we go into some of the conventions? I mean, um, you and I are going to be attending several different conventions this year. Um, there's going to be a lot of D&D stuff, obviously. Um, but some of these conventions are actually put on uh, by friends of ours um, or you know acquaintances of ours. I do want to give them a little bit of a plug and also because we'll be going. We'd love to see the listeners there. Um, so the first one uh, – let's kind of – I'm not going to do these quite in alphabetical order, but the first one that's coming out is Breakout, which is around uh, my area in Toronto, um, Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And Chris, I think you're going to be coming up here for that. I, I am. It was in question for a little while, but I believe that me and Bob and some other folks from Misdirected Mark 
are going to be there. I believe that Phil will be there one day, maybe on Saturday night into Sunday, but maybe not. But we'll all, but me and Bob will be there all weekend. So sounds good. And um, so Breakout is put on by a local gaming group called uh, Tag, uh, Toronto Area Gamers, and I believe. Um, one of the organizers of tag is actually who got you and Phil and everybody into sorts. If that, if I'm not mistaken, yes, uh, Rob Diebold. Yes, and so, yeah, but the <laughs> the uh, the person who runs the convention is named Kate Bullock, and she is. If you are into indie games and you are into uh, uh, the betterment of gaming for all people, you should check out her blog, Blue Stockings. Uh, it's it's a great blog. Uh, she's a wonderful human being, and she is doing the doing her part to make the gameosphere a better place for people. So yeah, they they they're putting on this convention. This will be their second year putting on Breakout, and there's a lot of D and D content. There's a lot of um, gaming content. We actually have a lot of listeners. I do know a lot of listeners going. I think Fra- I think Fraser is actually a guest um, coming. He's one of our he's one of our uh, patrons actually actually for the network. And um, Frazier's uh, Simons, yeah, right. That you're yeah. talking about, yes. He's the, uh, the designer of the Veil. If you like uh, indie games and you like cyberpunk and you like Power by the Apocalypse, you should check that out. So I believe Phil will be signing up for his game. <laughs> <laughs> yep, pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> um, um, and in terms of D and D stuff, um, I will be there. Um, I will be there running a bunch of things. I'll be running the D&D Epic. I'll be running some games. I'll actually be running the Fade Chance, the trading post. Um, I, I asked and they approved. So I was like, okay, I'll, I'll run it this year. Uh, so a lot of really great stuff. This is their second year. Um, they've put a lot, a lot, they put a lot of time and effort into it. Um, so just, I, I'm looking forward to it also because it's a close convention. It's easy for me to get to. It's about, mm-hmm. 15, it's less than like 10 minutes, 15 minutes away from home. So it's easy to get to. Um, so moving on from that is the, I guess, the misdirected Mark Encoded Designs home convention, which is Queen City Conquest. And that is, I believe, Mark Napick's baby. Um, Chris, can you it, tell me? It just, is, in fact. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit of that background? Because I only went for the first time last year, uh, which was awesome. But obviously, you guys have been going for a lot longer. Well, I've helped organize it uh, for like three or three of the five years that it's existed. So uh yeah, I usually put together the Kickstarter for it and whatnot. It's a small show. It usually has somewhere around 300 people. It's really friendly. We strive to make that show as friendly as humanly possible. I'm actually not sure if I'm working on it this year. I uh, I sort of am, am, am part of the planning crew peripherally, but I've been so busy with other things that I haven't been able to get a lock on it. I know the weekend is the 8th, the 9th, and the 10th of September. So it's nine months away or no, eight months away now. So that is when it is a lot of we get a lot of people to come out for it uh a lot of misdirected mark listeners a lot of encoded all the encoded folks usually show up uh and a lot of the misdirected mark podcasters usually show up it's a, it's usually a good time uh, you you'll see us with our microphones recording games at times uh, <laughs> while we're there and friends of the podcast too like Brett B from Gaming and BS was there uh Tom Flanagan from the Knights of the Night was there with his brother Michael from the Knights of the Night so that was a we had a great time like yeah. it's always fun yeah, that was that was a that was a really fun convention. Um, this year I'll be going and I'll be staying there and not driving back and forth two hours at a Seems time. Seems wise. <laughs> Seems very wise. Yeah, I was really, really, really tired on Saturday. <laughs> it was, <laughs> it was, it wasn't good. But that was that was a lot of fun. And there's some 
I mean, you guys had some really great guests. Um, you know, John Wick was there this year. Yes, he was. Um, I got him to sign my 7C. I actually gave Brett my extra copy of 7C. Um, and he got John to sign it as well. Um, that's actually where I've, I got to see John Arcadian's um, Tarask, and and kind of I guess from there, you guys started making that. Um, but yeah, definitely coming up. We'll definitely talk about that more in, in future shows. Uh, we'll let you guys de- know definitely when the Kickstarter gets started. Um, obviously, the very the big conventions of the the summer Origins and Gen Con, um, Origins in June and Gen Con in August. Uh, Chris, I believe you're going to both of them. Is that correct? That is the current plan. Like, it sounds like a lot of people are going to be at Origins that are listeners of Mr. Ectomark Mark Productions. So if you're a fan of us and you just want to hang out with us, like, I'm pretty sure Kevin Lovecraft is going to be there and Austin, uh, his son will be there too. So they're fun people to hang out with and game with. I, I think maybe Brett and Sean from Gaming MBS might be there. Maybe, maybe not. I, I don't, don't quote me on that. There's a rumor. I'm just saying there's a rumor. And uh, usually the the knights Tom and uh, Michael go there because it's not too far from their their stomping grounds. They live in Cleveland, and that's in uh, Columbus. I mean, John Arcadian will be there because that's his hometown, so he'll be around. And tons of game designers are there too. I mean, if you just want to ha- play some great board games, even role playing games like the indie games st- scene there is huge. This is a huge, huge convention for D and D too. There's going to be another D and D open. That's a thing that's going to happen. Uh, I believe the whole D and D team is going to be there. So that is a thing that's going on. Like Perkins and Merle, everybody's going to be there pretty much. And they'll be running, not just, you know, hanging out and doing seminars and stuff, but they'll be running games too. They'll be, I'm sure they'll probably be part of the open like they were last year. So definitely, I, I know definitely there's a lot of support behind Origins. Obviously, Gen Con is, is there, but there's a lot of D&D support behind in Origins. Um, there's, you know, obviously, there's always a lot of talk about that. Um, so that that should definitely be fun. I'm trying to go actually have a work convention um in Indianapolis. Um, so it's only about two or three hours away from, from Columbus, Ohio. So I was like, eh, I know I can go Sunday. So I, I might make a, mm-hmm. a side track at least on Sunday to go over and maybe even on Wednesday. We'll see. <laughs> in the planning stages right now. I have to go that area anyways. Might as well go. Um, the last one, at least for me, that I'm going to, I mean, we're going to, I'm going to some other conventions this year. You guys have heard me mention it on the show. Um, but in terms of the ones that, that Chris and I talk about is GameholeCon. Now, I've heard so many good things about GameholeCon. Um, this, it's this tightly, like, tightly knit community, but this like huge, huge convention um, in their, I think this is their fourth or fifth year. And this is actually the Gaming and BS quote-unquote home convention as well. And Chris, you got to go last year. Um, I did. How was it? Well, it was really cool to watch... Uh, Brett interview at Greenwood. That was neat. <laughs> I mean, Frank Menser just kind of like was strolling by me at one point in time. I, I mean, I've talked to some of these people before, but I've never actually met any of them. So that was, it was fun. Like th- those are things that happened. Uh, like I was at a panel with uh, Monty Cook and Shauna Germain and I was sitting in the front row. And there's like t- 20 people there. So we we're just chatting, right? Like and the game design, uh, the, the board game design panel is even better because it's a, uh, uh, Andy, Andy Looney and his wife were there. And, um, oh man, I'm just forgetting the names are just slipping my mind, but a couple other exceptional game designers were there and we were just hanging out talking like, cause there's like, you know, 20 people there for that convention for that, uh, panel. So, I mean, it, it's a lot of fun. Uh, the D and D stuff that's going on there. Uh, well, first off Perkins, Merle's and, uh, 
Who's the other guy? I always forget his name. Uh, Crawford. I'm I always forget Jeremy Crawford. Crawford's name. It just slips my mind. <laughs> Jeremy Crawford, they were all there. So they, they had a cool panel too, uh, talking about stuff. I asked a question. I got shut down hard because it was related to a thing that they weren't allowed to talk about. Apparently <laughs> that's fine. It happens. I had to ask my, uh, my, my reporter question. It, <laughs> it, it happens. Uh, I believe Merle's and Crawford will be there again. Yes. So that's no, a thing. Yeah, no, no Chris Perkins this year as far as, far as, as far as the convention schedule seems to go. Yeah. Yep. Also, they're expanding their D&D offerings again because uh, they, they pretty much sold out again this year for their D&D events. So they're going to bring more next year and they'll have more convention created content. I'm sure they'll have an epic or two because they did this year. And uh, that's what's going on at GameholeCon. Um, that's the one I really want to plan to go. I, I'm actually very interested in seeing the GameHole. Um, and just it just seems like a really good you time. Gotta, you need an in. You need an in, Wayne, because the, the game hole is, is a thing that only the special, like the party that happens is a thing that only the special guests get to go to. I, I'm, so, I mean, I got snuck in because I, I know Brett. So you just have to beg Brett to take you. I'm, I'm going to poke <laughs> Brett to get me in. Um, uh, I'm going to call in the marker for the, the seven C book. No, I'm just kidding. There you go. There you go. That's a way to do it. Um, but I yeah, mean, if I go, something. you can have my spot as bad as I want to go. I'll let you go see it because you should see the game hole. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's that's some of the stuff that that Chris and I will be at. Um, Alex and I are, have a slightly different schedule as well. Um, we've got some other stuff coming up, and we'll talk about that in future shows. Um, now we're running a little short on time. And we had a couple other kickstarters that we oh. did want to mention that are like, oh my. busy friends of the show. Chris, you want to just go run through those really really quick, and we're going to leave the, them in the show notes for everybody. These aren't friends of the show. These are just things that I think are fucking awesome. Uh, <laughs> let me try that again. These are just things that I think are really awesome because we don't swear on Advantage Insight, <laughs> right? Yeah, I think we're supposed right. To that's not correct, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we're not gonna we're not gonna swear in advantage to insight. So if 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 Wayne did bleeped me out, then you know that I said a naughty word. All right. So these are just cool things that I thought we should talk about that people you should know about because I know we were doing the friends thing, but like there's just such cool stuff going on that are that's sort of D and D related. So Goodman Games they have a Kickstarter going on right now. How to write adventures that don't suck. So this book it's going to be about 160 pages. It has 25 essays from different adventure writers that are pretty well-known and famous. Uh, people like Tim Brown, who made Dark Sun, Christopher Clark, who was one of that old-school regime of people that wrote stuff, uh, Harley Stroh is on the list, Lester Smith, also from that old-school uh, shtick. You know, just people like that are the ones that are writing these essays. Merle Rasmussen from, you know, uh, Top Secret. There you go. Those are the kind of people we're talking about. There's also with that Kickstarter, which this Kickstarter is funded by a ton. So, I mean, if you go and back it, you'll get it because it's Goodman Games. They make amazing things. The Adventurer's Almanac. It's by Michael Curtis. It's got a bunch of things inside of it that are like, it's like the Farmer's Almanac for adventure design. <laughs> it's got like hooks and stuff for the every day of the year, like things that associate with, uh, with like, uh, seasons and, and on holidays. And it's just stuff like that, just packed with hundreds of items and things like that for your games. Uh, also, those essays, they have adventure starters on them because they were at, the people who wrote were asked to provide an example of what they were talking about in their essays. So you get that too. So Dusty Outlaws, I mentioned it earlier, this is from Scratchpad Publishing, which is Rodney Thompson's publishing you know, outfit. So it's a heist game, a fantasy heist game. So think Blades in the Dark, but maybe not so gritty. Uh, it's got the, a narrative dice system 
it's got planning as part of the game where there is a sand timer that you flip and then oh. people have that much time to plan and then you go to the next phase. I haven't gotten super deep into it yet. I've been hearing all about it. It hasn't quite funded. It's getting pretty close. I'm sure it'll fund because it's, you know, I, I know how Kickstarter's track and it's really close already and it's got like 20 days left. It'll, it'll probably get double, maybe triple its funding goal. I'm, I'm thinking double. Uh, I mean, it looks really cool. Like I said, I haven't had a chance to delve into it as much as I wanted to. There's a video on the Kickstarter that shows an actual play of it with like Bill Cavalier and a few other pretty cool people playing the game. So uh, next one, 100 Dungeons, a Make 100 Dungeons project by M.W. Murphy. So this was actually um person reached out to me as a sponsored thing for this, but I just brought it up here. This isn't part of the sponsorship part of it because I think this is this cool. All right. Like we, we've actually ran most of the ads already for this thing on different shows, but it's really neat. So the idea is that he's going to make a hundred level mega dungeon for fifth edition. And he's going to do that with the community too. Oh. So the idea of this, yeah, the idea of this make 100 is, uh, he actually expanded a little bit. The idea of the make 100 is in that January people, Kickstarter was asking people to do this, um, start a project, but only limit a, a level or the project itself to a hundred backers. Oh, wow. So it's like really, um, exclusive. So in this case, the idea is there's a level called the, uh, called the dungeon builder. It's 75 bucks. What you'd get for that is you get a digital copy of a hundred dungeons, a print copy of a hundred dungeons. Then you get the personal and commercial license for all the dungeon art assets. So that's pretty, this guy's a graphic designer. He's really good. Uh, you get them in, in for Adobe stuff and for other things too uh also if you're a dungeon builder for you get access to submit maps art suggestions and vote on the content that goes into the final product so this is not just a back it and you get it it's a back it and then you get in there and you help make the thing like be it's you get it. to be part of the creative process oh very nice so that's what that is uh if you want it just for the art assets and stuff apparently there's going to be at, at a minimum 500 art assets for these dungeons wow. that you can use to build other dungeons. Yep. And uh, that's pretty much it. <laughs> that's what I wanted to cover and talk about. Very nice. So, I mean, we got gone through a lot of stuff in the show. We're going to have some pretty extensive show notes because listeners of the show know that, you know, I don't like doing show notes because Alex doesn't do them. Have fun with that, man. <laughs> but this have, was the epi- have a good time. Yeah, but this was the episode. Basically, we wanted to plug a couple of things um, that we were interested in and that our friends and the... Uh, and the and the productions we're doing, and I hope everybody enjoyed it. Chris, thank you so much for being on the show. And uh, Chris did most of did did most of the planning for this show while we were chatting about it. So it was it's really just a fun time for me to Chris, me and Chris just to be on the mics and just kind of chat about that. So oh, Chris, yeah. if people want to contact talking you, to Wayne. And they don't seem to know how to contact you at this point. Um, how do they get, how do they reach you? I have no idea, Wayne. Like, I am a ghost. Like, no one can find me on the internet. I don't exist anywhere. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Chris's, so it, Chris's email at the light redirects, to, redirects to Phil. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. At the light 101 on Twitter, uh, Chris at misdirectedmark.com if you want to use email. I'm on Google Plus, Chris Sneezak. I'm on Facebook, Chris Sneezak. You can just friend me. I'll probably friend you back if I click on your name. If I don't know you and I click on your name and I see you have gaming stuff in your feed, I'm going to friend you. So is, you're good to go. Like, And I'm, I talk to everybody pretty much. I try to anyway. Don't be afraid to, to chat me up. Like I like to talk to people. All right. And um, yeah, everybody knows how to contact us, hopefully. But uh, at uh, ADV underscore TO underscore Insight uh, on Twitter. 
Uh, you can catch us in the Down With D&D Adventure Insight uh, community. You can email us, check us out on the website, uh, all those links in the show notes. Also, Advantage to Insight is a misdirected mark production, the media arm of Encoded Designs. Chris, thanks so much for being on the show today. And uh, the next time, we're going to have some more stuff for you guys to to uh, to talk about and to hear about. Uh, but for now, thanks so much. Have a good evening, but, everyone. Bye-bye. But, but wait, but wait, Wayne, I have one question for you. Sure. Since you have Advantage on Insight, what am I feeling right now? What happens if I roll two twos? Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Probably bad. Oops. (laughs) Good night.